Um, that's very difficult to answer. Probably doing something that wasn't for myself, but for somebody else. Yeah, being completely absorbed in something other. I would say that the main thing is when you forget about yourself, you're probably happier. That's my feeling in life. Doing something probably that is not necessarily in your own interest, but to help somebody, to look after somebody. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with my friend Katie. Katie is a journalist based in Austria. She's written for the likes of The Guardian, Der Standard, if you are based in Austria, and has even created content for the BBC. And yeah, today we're actually going to be exploring the subject of imposter syndrome, um, which we'll kind of delve into what that means if you don't know what that means, as well as the subject of confidence as a young person navigating to find our place in the world that we live in. <laughs> so without further ado, I hope that you enjoy this episode. So, <clears throat> Katie. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so Katie, because our audience doesn't know you yet, as well as I do, why don't you introduce a little bit about yourself? I will. So Jane knows me as Katie, but uh, here in Austria where I live, I normally go by Katarina. I am a freelance journalist and we did our master's together in London. Mm -hmm. I am uh, mainly a science journalist, so I cover a lot of topics around the environment, biology, ecology, these kinds of things. And I currently started my own little magazine. Ooh. So this one, it's a friend of mine who asked me to join. So we kind of like started it together. And it's a project for inclusion in journalism. So far, mm -hmm. it's um, people with intellectual disabilities who are part of the team. And we write stories together and we do videos together i mean we have just started but we've already done a few stories and it's yeah it's really amazing and it's so much fun and we just created an instagram profile yesterday or like <laughs> what what's the social <laughs> media handle so people that are listening can go take a look <laughs> well it's german but i can spell it for you uh, we're called andererseits which means like the other way around or like looking at it from another perspective, basically. And our handle is at underscore andererseits, which is A-N-D-E-R-E-R-S-E-I-T-S. -E mm -hmm. Cool. More advertisement. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so yeah, to kind of get into our conversation today, I think this is a subject that can resonate with quite a lot of people. Um, it's the topic of imposter syndrome. Very infamous, mm -hmm. yes. And also just not feeling confident enough. And for people that don't necessarily know what imposter syndrome is, you've probably felt it before, but maybe you didn't know that there was a phrase for it. <laughs> That's um, true. It's where you just feel like a fraud, a fake, 
in whatever it yeah. is, whether it's yeah. in your career life. Sometimes you might even find that in your relationships as well. Like you feel like a fake person. Yep. And I think that's kind of what imposter syndrome is, is that you feel that you're an imposter. Yep. I mean, it sounds pretty self-explanatory now that I'm putting it this way. Yeah, it's not it's not a nice feeling and I don't really know why it is this way. I know if I think about it logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I've also heard from a lot of people, you know, the way you're viewed from the outside does not match your, yeah. your inner life. I mean, for me, it feels like, you know, any minute somebody could come and kind of uncover that I don't know what I'm doing. And you're right. It's not only professional environments. It happens to me in small talk with new people that you meet where you're like, ah, oh, this person is going to find out that I'm, I'm a little child and I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing. It happens very often that I go to bed and I just panic because I feel like, what am I doing here? <laughs> To be honest, I've actually been feeling it even more strongly recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of weird being editor-in-chief of a platform. And you and I, we graduated from our master's. What is it? Oh my gosh, is it like three or four years now, Kate? Too long ago. <laughs> yeah, it feels like yesterday, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just recently a lot of like we're expanding our contributor base, right? So we're now working with more established journalists who work with other editors. And here I am, I'm an editor-in-chief of this public-facing platform. And of course, I know what I'm doing in that. I've helped build this platform. But on the other hand, now that there's all these other contributors on board, now I feel almost like I have to prove myself, you know, and mm. I need to prove my experience. And then it just, it can actually come across in this element of proving yourself as if you don't actually know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because on one hand, if you just are and you just continue to act like you usually would and you don't have to feel like you need to prove yourself, then it doesn't come across as fake. You know what I mean? Yeah, but sometimes, I know what you mean. And sometimes pr trying to prove yourself can come across as a little bit, yeah. Trying too hard yeah, exactly. in a way. Yeah. yeah. But it's very interesting to me is that I feel like the more professional I get, mm -hmm. the stronger this feeling oh yeah becomes yeah. because you like you find out more about your working environment or the other people you meet so many impressive people exactly. along the way you, you just meet such brilliant people and they contact you and they want to work together and then sometimes you're just thinking oh my god but I'm not as brilliant as you are you know yep. I'm not as intelligent as you are can I really keep up and then the funny thing is though Katie like I know you think this way about yourself but to me You're one of those brilliant people. Back at you. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> and, and I know this and I've had yeah. this conversation with people and mm -hmm. I have people telling me, it's like, what, you, you have this feeling? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. And I think it has a lot to do with our society and what we're being told and mm. also a lot with being a woman or a young woman, to be honest. That's very true. I mean, I think in my particular case, I also look quite young. Like just today I went to the bank and then when I was there asking the guy if I can open an account, he's like, so what do you do in the Netherlands? Do you study? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, um, well, actually I own my own business. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't ask if you were old enough to open a bank yeah, account. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's just because I look young, I think people also perceive me to be a certain way. And oftentimes I even feel like I have to... 
I don't know, either deepen my voice or act in a more mature way to come across a little bit more mature, even though I also know that I am mature, <laughs> but I also feel like in these kind of acquaintance or one-off meeting situations, I have to kind of pose to be a certain way so that I'm taken more seriously, right? Yep. It's so true. I'll give you one example, which is quite extreme. Okay. My mom is the head of uh, like a ward at a hospital, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. She works with children like she's a pediatrician. So it's it's a high position. Uh, she looks super young as well. And, you know, it's just a very friendly nature and not very serious or whatever. And very often when she talks to the parents of of, of children, mainly dads, They have these like half hour conversations and then the dad will go and say like, oh yeah, cool. Well, thank you. Can you now bring me the doctor? <gasps> and then she has to be like, well, I'm kind of the, the boss of this board, you know, and it's so Ooh. awkward. She's 50 years old yeah, and yeah. it still happens to her. And I mean, I'm not saying this gets to her. She, she laughs about it. She told me she bought glasses because... <laughs> She, she looks more serious yeah. <laughs> But, and it works a little bit yeah. and yeah she's also you know she she doesn't wear her white coat because mm. she doesn't think about it yeah she's she just doesn't... more casual exactly but i i wonder if men feel this kind of imposter syndrome as strongly as we do hmm. i think when i see like other young men especially in journalism you know it's a lot about kind of like selling yourself and mm, I'm really bad at stuff. this. I just, yeah, I, I, I hate that. And I really had to, to learn it. And I think I'm still not very good at it. But then you see, you know, these young men and they talk about themselves, their ideas at mm. some like event. And then I'm always like, wow, so amazing. Like you must be this amazing writer or whatever. And then I check them out later and I realized like, no, I've done much cooler things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still it brings me to stand quietly in a corner and yeah. it's completely, yeah, irrational. It's like a way of talking yourself up and then how do I explain this? It's like you're a shell of a person and you're talking yourself, your shell up, right? But then there's actually no filler there. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, when it exactly. happens, it makes you as a person who's listening to that person kind of compare yourself and think, Maybe I'm not that great. Maybe I should be doing more. How is exactly. it that they have all their stuff together and I don't? Exactly. You know? But then actually, if you look around, maybe most people don't actually know what they're doing in the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then I was raised, you know, to be a very modest person. And I still think modesty is a very beautiful value Definitely, to have. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't believe in this thing that sometimes as women we're being mm -hmm. told it's like yeah just act like a man you know yeah, like use yeah. your elbows like push your way through and become this person and then you will be successful i hate this it's it's why shouldn't i be myself exactly. but maybe in a more vulnerable emotional way mm -hmm. or maybe not like super business style way and yeah. still be successful exactly and that bothers me a lot i actually i thought about this quite often because the thing is is that i mean you know me you know that i'm the type who I, I smile quite a bit. Uh, I'm not I'm not very standoffish. I mean, there are times when I can be, but I've only shown it very occasionally when people are really just complete assholes. And I'm like, okay, don't waste my time mm -hmm. then, right? But for I'm the, not gonna give you my nice side. Yeah, exactly. But like, you've got to really push me to that degree for me to get there. But I feel that 
on the whole, I like to be this approachable person. I like to emit this kind of warmth, right? Because I just Mm -hmm. feel that there's already enough coldness in the world. And I feel that oftentimes in a career or a job setting, I've gotten some pushback. For the most part, people have been very accepting and have still taken my word as quite like authoritative in a way because Mm -hmm. they know that I know what I'm doing. But then there was this one instance when I worked with this lady was the head professor at a university or something. I don't know if it's her personality or what it is, but she gave me a lot of attitude, like wow, a lot. And I felt that it was because I was just so friendly with everyone and smiling and patting people on the back. Hey, long time no see, instead of a, you know, cold handshake. But it really put me off. And I don't want to be that kind of person where I have to be cold mm. in these kind of situations because why? why? I mean, I just don't feel like that's necessary to come across as mature and capable. Yeah, exactly. And I always feel like I'd rather be modest than selling a picture of myself yeah. that is not me. But then on the other hand, you're being told this is what you need to do to be successful. And I mean, it does work for so many people. You know, what you just said about the shell where, you know, they have this perfect shell and that gets them to a point where they can actually do great work that I might not just because I'm modest and don't like to talk about like that about myself. But to be honest, I feel that when you're entering the workforce and you first don't exactly have a network yet, you don't know what you really want to do. But then the thing is, is that all these job applications, they asked for at least a bachelor's degree but also five years of experience, you know, mm-hmm. and it's... And who has that? Yeah, who yeah. has that when you just graduated? And you have to, in a way, I was taught in the US to really talk yourself up and just pretend like you know how to do things and just learn along the way, you know, but something about that just doesn't sit right with me because I don't feel that you should lie on your resume or your CV. No, and, and <laughs> yeah. some people do that. I was just going to tell you a guy I know, and he told me that on his CV, whenever he went to a trip to, I don't know, Indonesia, mm-hmm. he would put it down as like intercultural exchange or oh something my God. like this. But it was like a and holiday? Just, <laughs> yeah, it was a holiday. It was a normal holiday. He just he didn't want a gap in his CV or whatever. Oh, gosh. And I just, I don't know. I'm also a really, really bad liar. Yeah, so I yeah. could never do that because if somebody asked me about it, I just, I would flush so much that yeah. yeah i mean some people are just really good at bullshitting i know but then again you know he i don't know what he's doing now but he mm-hmm. probably has some like job that he's probably happy with mm-hmm. do you think that you would want to ever get a job where you have to kind of talk yourself up and kind of not be your modest self and get a job and do some amazing work or would you prefer to not have to betray yourself in that sense and still be able to get a job that you thoroughly enjoy, but maybe it's just not as esteemed as the other job? Hmm. That's a difficult question. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think like the main focus is that you're kind of proud of who you are and what you're doing. I think when you're working on selling yourself, then you become kind of like the opposite version of that modesty thing. I don't want to be that. I think I want to find a way where I can believe in myself Mm -hmm. and think I'm doing great stuff without the necessity of talking it up, but just like showing it through my actions. Mm -hmm. 
it's more like the perception I have of what I'm doing that needs to be in place. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that front. Even though a part of me still feels like a fraud. I mean, the fine line of feeling like an imposter, but still knowing that you're capable. It's kind of a seesaw, right? That thing in the playground where it's kind of this up-down sort of thing on two different sides. Yep. It really feels that way because on one hand, I know that I'm completely capable of communicating things about science. I know how to break down things for people. I mean, I'm talking about in the context of my job and maybe the listeners don't know that's what my job is, but that's that's what my job is. <laughs> um, and the thing is, is that recently I was hired for this project and I was so happy because I was referred to by somebody that I used to work with who really thought that my communication style, what I knew, how I did things was relevant and worthy enough mm -hmm. to kind of be passed as a word of mouth to this professor that I had no idea about. And it made me feel like, wow, I'm actually being recognized for something that I know how to do. But then on the other hand, I felt super scared of, uh, am I going to mess this up? <laughs> like, do I really know? Yeah. But I know that I know, but it's just this feeling of, I want to live up to this expectation that's been thrust upon me. I find it so crazy how much this validation of yeah. somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. what, what that can do to you. And I hate that even though you have all this evidence mm -hmm. from yourself, like you knowing what you can do, then mm -hmm. also from people closest to you mm -hmm. who will tell you, you're great, you're doing great. This has been amazing. I love this text or I love this video, whatever it is. Yeah. And then like some complete stranger that you maybe think is an amazing person, but you don't know because yeah. maybe they are also sitting in bed in their pajamas and eating <laughs> ice cream while they are writing a text that's going to receive the next Pulitzer Prize. So it just, it's completely, it's so irrational and it does it's not add up. It's very skewed, I feel. Exactly. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. I mean, I genuinely value my friends' opinions. I really do. But when it comes to my skills or something. I just feel that my friends know me as me. And I know that they they think I'm I'm talented or I'm skilled or whatever, but because I don't necessarily work with them, although now I definitely do work with a lot of my <laughs> friends. Um, so I think now they can attest to my skills, but because I think that oftentimes it comes out of a higher value to hear that your skills are validated by this other person that you only have worked with maybe once or twice, but it's because they don't know you as a person. So they're just yeah. judging you based off of your talent, right? Yeah, and because think, your friends will love you no matter what. So Exactly. So I think in that sense, that's why I typically value that so much. And maybe that's why I valued it so much when I, like to be recommended by someone, you know, mm. like that's that's a very high praise that I just it is I don't know I feel that recently Katie I've been feeling more and more like an imposter and kind of craving this validation from my colleagues a little bit more like I did some interviews a few weeks ago and I remember I was just talking a lot and just filling silences on the web yeah and it was, that wouldn't be weird normally no no but it was also strange because I also kind of tripped over my own words and and I could mm -hmm. see it on their face. Like I saw that they saw I was talking too much 
And then I told myself in my mind at that time, Jane, just stop. But then again, it kind of came to this point where I felt like I had to prove myself as somebody who was getting their quote. And it was just a hot mess. Like, Katie, I just... (laughs) I know. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. But I think it has to do a lot with working remotely, Mm. whether it is, you know, during these strange times or just in general, when I work from home, I'm a freelancer, so I don't have these like normal social interactions. interactions, Yeah. Yeah. And I think just like someone telling you real quickly, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, thank you for sending this. Or like, oh yeah, it's perfect the way it is. You would never send this in an email or a lot of people don't have time because they can treat you however they treat you, which definitely also has to do with age and, you know, inexperience, quote unquote. And mm-hmm. I often then find my text published, yeah. but I would have spent the days before it's published. I sit at home and I'm anxious because I'm like, oh, has, is it okay? You know, I didn't get yeah, any yeah. feedback, even though it was perfectly fine and it just didn't have anything <laughs> to add to it. Then like all of a sudden these tiny things, some editor or whatever replies to my email, things that should be completely normal. It's kind of like throwing a dog who has not eaten for weeks, you know, a tiny piece of of a cookie and you're like drooling and you're yeah. taking it and <laughs> it becomes so precious to you. And yeah, maybe that's a bit exaggerated, but you know what I mean? No, I totally know what you mean. And <laughs> you're right in that, like, because I've also started to work from home this year as well. And with the coronavirus crisis, like not seeing anybody mm. really for two months except strangers at a grocery store, you know. (laughs) And actually, I had this full-on conversation with the bank teller that was setting up uh, my bank account. Like, he even showed me... New best friends. I think his boss was like, hey, you need to stop talking to this girl like this because (laughs) he, like, he even looked up this documentary filmmaker because we were talking about documentaries because he asked about what I do and stuff like that. And yeah, and then I told him I went to Mexico to film a documentary. And he's like, oh, then you must know who Louis Thoreau is. And I was like, who? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, anyway, sorry. Side By time. the way, coolest journalist ever, but he's more of a niche, niche product. But coming back to imposter syndrome, I forgot what I wanted to say. But I think it has to do, oh yeah, also with overthinking mm. in the end. Because I don't know, that's what I said in the very beginning it's like yeah. the more professional I get and the more I know, mm-hmm. you know, how things work and how other people do these things, yeah. the more insecure I get with my own decisions, which I might have taken intuitively mm-hmm. in earlier stages of my life or career. I applied for an internship at the biggest Austrian radio station and I was 16 or maybe I was even 15 and, and I would never, you know, dare to do that now. And they took me and they told me, they took me because I had so much confidence and they were like, what the fuck? This little baby came in here and she says she wants to do radio. Yeah. And they were like, okay, why not? If she's so sure that she can do it, then let's, let's give it a try. I would never do that now. Never. Because I would stand in my own way. Yeah. I think that's the problem with confidence is that you just need to trust yourself. Otherwise, you really trip yourself up and your own confidence if you don't have confidence. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds cyclical and it's just <laughs> like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, confidence or confidence? Like, it's, yep. you know, exactly. But I mean, I don't, I don't know when this started, but I definitely do think overthinking is a huge part of it. And I think it's also just kind of being thrown into the adult world and trying to 
navigate through it and figuring out your place in it. I think that's mm. that also definitely adds to it because I don't know, now I suppose that we're older and we're actually pursuing what it is that we're passionate about. The stakes are so much higher, right? Yes. Like I think yes. when you're younger, you're still trying to explore what it is that you want to do. And now that I've discovered that, now I'm completely passionate about what I do and I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And I mean, you're paying rent and... Yeah. So it yeah. is a bit more serious, I guess. Exactly. I mean, I was also just thinking, Katie, sometimes I also feel like an imposter in more intimate relationships, because I think the thing with imposter syndrome in the workplace, it's, it's there also because you don't really know these people and they're not mm -hmm. really people of importance in your life, right? But I don't know, Katie, I find that sometimes I feel like an imposter in some interactions at the beginning where like I know that I'm going to get to know these people, but I don't know these people yet. And I feel that I have to constantly be showing myself rather than being myself. Like I found this with my, my ex's friends. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's still me, right? It's still a part of me, but... I was really stretching myself very thin in trying to present who I was because I felt that obviously they don't know who I am. So it's almost this performance that I have to have to show who I am rather than mm -hmm. be, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, I still think it's quite similar to feeling like an imposter because in a way you do feel like an imposter, right? As a girlfriend entering into your boyfriend's friend group, you feel like I'm a friend now kind of but I'm not really a friend yet you know what I mean but you know it's it's so interesting because it's the exact same situation in a way because mm. for them they also probably want to prove something to you but of course you're not thinking about that in that moment they probably also want to make a good impression on you well I feel that they all are very much themselves all the time <laughs> you feel that but you don't know that You don't know what the story is behind someone. That's true. That's also a fair point. I just think in friend groups or whatever, like uh, more intimate relationships or whatever, um, there's the exact same people that will also scream louder than the other ones mm. and will be, you know, the ones where you're like, oh my God, that person is, is so great and so confident, mm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But in my experience, those friendships that have developed into something more meaningful and you know deep. long time and meaningful yeah. exactly it's not those situations that make up these relationships is often these moments where you actually you're more quiet or you're more vulnerable or you're totally you know you yeah, you, you have a problem and you share you know you share something your weakness and not this thing that you want to show yeah, off yeah. of how great you are and that is what brings you together exactly so exactly the same again it's yeah it's a syndrome it is a disease we have now <laughs> I still don't have a cure, but we have the diagnosis. Yeah, I mean, I just, I know I, I feel it very strongly recently. And I know I've also been thinking quite a bit about it, but I also haven't found the way out of it yet. No, me neither. I'm like, <laughs> maybe we won't ever find the way out, but I would, I would prefer that I could, you know, like, I don't, I don't I like feeling like an imposter. I, I like to no. feel in my own skin, in my element. I'd like to feel like I know what I'm doing and not feel like I have to fulfill expectations or something. 
Yeah. But okay, I I can share another story. I was working with this woman who is amazing, like very successful journalist yeah. and yeah, very involved in the European Union, you know, very high ranked. And she wanted to work with me and I had this exact same thing like, oh, you know, somebody must have told her that I'm doing something well, which was <laughs> definitely not true, of course. But, yeah. you know, she must have contacted me for whatever reason, because she has a wrong image of me. <laughs> or it must have been a coincidence. <laughs> or she couldn't find someone else, whatever. And I went to this event that she was organizing where she wanted me to, you know, I was giving not like a speech, but presentation, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a room maybe with 50 people, but it was it was casual. It wasn't some like high level event or whatever. And she gave me the microphone just to tell people who I am. And I introduced myself. I didn't think I did a bad job, whatever. I didn't think about imposter syndrome in that moment. But afterwards she took me aside and she was like, you know, you can say that with more confidence. Like you can be proud of what you're doing. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like she realized that like just from me stating my name and what I'm doing. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying this because I was, you know, I am exactly the same. And Mm -hmm. I have the exact same problem. And I was like, what? You have that problem? Like how, like out of all people, how could Mm -hmm. you have that problem? Mm -hmm. And I know it's kind of, it's not a solution because that means like, oh, even if you're super successful, like really, really successful. You can still um, feel that way. (laughs) You can still feel that way. Yeah. Yay. Great motivation. But to another extent, it kind of gives you mm. more confidence to see that someone else is also struggling with this, who really shouldn't be struggling with this. Yeah. So maybe if we accept that it is normal to some extent, mm. then it also doesn't bring us down so much. It's like, yeah. yes, I feel like an imposter, but okay, so I still will find my way through it. But to be honest, I feel that in that sense, that's why maybe it's about stopping your comparisons to other people. Yeah, that's, right? yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> I know it's so much easier said than done, but at the same time, I find that when I start comparing myself, that's when I start getting into trouble and really getting in my own head. This has actually just sparked a thought in me because I've been thinking about this recently. It's also just accepting the fact, maybe, that you just don't always know and that there's a lot of learning to be done Because I think, I think, I mean, I think, I think uh, with the whole (laughs) imposter syndrome concept is that because you also feel like a fraud, you also feel like you have to amount to always kind of being right or being an expert at something, right? Whereas maybe you just also need to acknowledge the fact that, okay, there are things that you know, but sometimes fact of the matter is you don't know. And that's completely fine. No one knows everything. And I think that... I've always had a hard time accepting that I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah. And and you can do a really good job not knowing everything. Exactly. Because that if you have like curiosity mm-hmm. or the willpower or whatever, yeah. you can use this kind of gap that you need to fill to mm-hmm. actually like really dive into something. Yeah. Um, I don't think you will do a, a worse job than maybe you will even do a better job than somebody who thinks he or she knows everything about something already. And and then starts a project. Yeah, I think that there's so much to learn, actually. And if you look at it more as a learning experience rather than a let me satisfy my ego because I actually do know all of this stuff, then mm-hmm. maybe it's also a different approach that you might have, right? And I think there's also a kind of empowerment and acknowledging what you don't know 
because in a way you also empower other people to step up with what they know. Uh, yep. You know? <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> Now, uh, one of the biggest realizations that helped me so much is that if you find someone or you, you, you see someone else or you meet someone else mm -hmm. that you really admire and you yeah. think they're doing a great job and they do kind of something similar to what you're doing, then you really shouldn't see this person as an enemy or a threat to what you're doing, yeah. you know? And that's, that is my immediate reaction. Like, actually, I might like this person a lot, mm -hmm. but, you know, they're kind of too similar in a way and that, that threatens you. But, you know, there's so much space for so many great people. And I think that's yeah. exactly what happens with women, what mm -hmm. we discussed earlier as well. Yeah. yeah. It feels like you have to battle against one another to fill those limited opportunities that you perceive are limited, but actually there are enough opportunities to go around. Exactly. Or you can just work together. Yeah. I mean, who says that you can't create new models of doing things? Exactly. And, yeah, new models of work. I mean, I think actually a really good example of this is our girl group from Imperial. It's true. Basically, for our audience to know, I mean... A few of our friends have already been on the podcast, like Sylvia, Jess, Katie, Marin, Paulina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. Yeah, like everyone. Um, but basically, all of us, I don't know how to explain the connection that we all had and still have. But it was just very interesting because we all were pursuing our passion of science communication, right? And we just all clicked so well. And we all, have similar passions, but there's a little niche within mm. each person. And yep. it's also reflected by the colors we tend to gravitate <laughs> towards. Like we all kind of like the same colors, but different, like, <laughs> shades like of it. different shades of it. And it's <laughs> really, really That funny. is a very good way of putting it. I mean, okay, that's a little thing, but still, I just feel that we're very powerful women. And We all have similar passions, but we don't step on each other to get to those mm. passions, right? Like, I think that we no, really yeah. lift each other up and we know what each of us are good at. And that's why I think I enjoy working with you guys so much now, because we cross paths, but we don't push each other to get to where we are all going. Mm. I think that was like a very, very valuable lesson for me mm. in those past years, because of course, the first day when you when you begin a course like this, or yeah. it can be a new job as well. Yeah. And you see all these other people and you're like, oh my God, you know, yeah. all these people are so much more talented than me and, you know, know so much more than <laughs> me. And we've talked about this now, looking back, everybody thought that about everybody else yeah. <laughs> in a way, you know, it's like, we all thought like, wow, oh my God. And then later when you start to work together, mm -hmm. I mean, I still envy a lot of you. Yeah, same. But it's nurturing you in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like we're building upon each other's successes in a way and yeah. feeding off of it. So it's a very cool, it's a very cool thing. And maybe that's also a solution to it where, you know, you cooperate more with the people that you find great instead of yeah. thinking like, oh my God, I need to work against this person and need to do something <laughs> similar, but better or Yeah. yeah, not comparing myself to other people and just kind of focusing on what I love doing and just doing it because I love it. Yeah, that's also why uh, we, you know, what I told you in the beginning, this new project I'm founding because yeah. we spent hours on Skype just discussing 
oh, should we really like launch this? Or maybe it's too early. Maybe we need to wait longer. Maybe we need to wait for this and that. And the moment we just said like, okay, let's do it, whatever. Why don't we just try it? It also felt so much better. I mean, I think in that regard, I think we're often waiting to be ready in a way, Mm -hmm. even though I don't think anyone will ever fully be ready, right? Sometimes you just have to push yourself forward and just do something. And that's the whole thing with imposter syndrome is even if you feel it, you shouldn't let it prohibit you from doing, right? Like just exactly. push yourself, even if you're not ready. And it's fine if you're not ready, but also know that you can become ready. Or maybe like, you don't want to be ready because like, I don't know, mm. maybe being ready means being content and not working hard anymore. You know, I'm not saying you always have to work hard, but then you kind of like rest and maybe being ready at the highest stage of of some process, let's say like this, maybe that equates to becoming cynic about something because then you've Mm. accepted that you can't can't do it better anymore. Or especially Mm. in, in journalism, I see that so much with so many older colleagues who sometimes when, you know, you go there and you have a lot of enthusiasm and you pitch something, they're like, yeah, you know, you can try it. You know, I've tried this before 20 years ago, blah, 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 blah. Oh gosh, and then they kind of like, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so cynic and they kind of like accepted that journalism or the world is just a bad place and you can't mm-hmm. change anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I also think when somebody calls you idealistic or some project utopian, yeah. then I, it has a negative connotation, but actually it shouldn't be because if you don't have that, then... Uh, <laughs> then you might as well stop working altogether. So it's always important to know that if you don't fit into this system, then change the system. It's mm. You don't have to go the standard way yeah. of this capitalistic society that we live in, where it's like, yes, by 30, you will have to have your own house and have that much money in your bank account. I think the things that used to be the way of living mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago are no longer how it necessarily has to be. Nope. You don't have to accept the status quo. You don't have to accept the other limitations that people put on you. Yeah, never have to. And I think we need to get rid of these social expectations, societal expectations, both. (laughs) In that regard, I think that feeling like an imposter is maybe there's kind of that positive spin to it. Yeah, maybe you do feel like an imposter because maybe also there's not a niche for you in this space yet, but you're carving that out. And Mm. at some point, you're not going to feel like an imposter anymore, I would hope, because now you've carved out a space for yourself and your skills, your specific passions, interests, and talents. And yeah. Yeah, maybe that's also it, is that there's nothing like that out there just yet. Or maybe there is something out there, you just don't know it yet, and you have to find it. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe having this imposter syndrome can also push you in that more positive direction as well. Exactly. All right, well, I guess to wrap up then, Katie, is there anywhere online that people can find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter. K Kropshofer, which is K-R-O-P-S-H-O-F-E-R. And they can just Google my name, Katharina Kropshofer. It's my name. I should say that with more confidence. (laughs) 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 All right. 
thank you very much, Katie, for joining me on this episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. Thank you. And just to add, you're doing very amazing things. <laughs> I'm not going to feel like an imposter. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Katie. If I do say so myself, I actually feel quite happy putting this episode out into the world because I feel that now that my feelings of feeling like an imposter are kind of just out in the world somewhere. It makes me feel a bit better to know that people actually know what I'm feeling. And I don't know. And I guess in that way, it makes me feel less like an imposter for people to know that I feel like an imposter sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, hopefully something resonated with you. And if you have any experiences about feeling like an imposter or lack of confidence, you know, whether that's in your career or in your personal lives, in your, you know, relationships with acquaintances or even your friends, definitely feel free to let me know. Um, you can direct message me on Instagram at the right feeling underscore, or you can also email me at Jane, that's J-A-N-E, <laughs> at the right feeling.org. And if you liked this episode or you feel that, you know, you have a friend or a family member or even an acquaintance that needed to hear something that you heard from this podcast, definitely share it with them. Um, because yeah, we should share more of the right feeling, not just you know, the podcast, but yeah, the right feeling in general. Anyway, I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next episode. <laughs>